Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Straight talk. No nonsense. Honest debate. This is The Roy Green Show. Well, they're really, uh, they're still messed up in the, well, I'm saying messed up. They're saying it's a technical delay or words to that effect at the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party Leadership Convention, which really isn't a convention. There are certainly uh, major players there, but they're just there to uh, hear the announcement of the the leader, but that's been delayed. Alex Pearson will be back with us in about 10 minutes' time. She'll be joining Catherine Swift, Linda Latherdale, and Michelle Simpson, the beauties, and uh, me, El Bisto, um, on what's going on there. They have to be out by the top of the hour because, as Alex told us earlier, there's two Chinese weddings planned, and they've rented the hall. Why wouldn't the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario rent the hall and give themselves some breathing space, like rent it for the whole evening? Spent so much money trying to write the listing ship, and now you've got this going on. Um, so the, and there's also a, the protest against the pipelines in in British Columbia in Burnaby. There's a couple of thousand people, as we uh, found out earlier from CKNW's Kyle Benning, and uh, there was a temporary injunction granted yesterday to Kinder Morgan to continue with the work with. Uh, uninterruptedly. In Vancouver, it's going to be more like a few hundred people at a park, and it is a uh, it is a uh, support of the pipelines a gathering and will include people from Alberta, but you know there are going to be others on the opposite side. That's supposed to start in about 25 minutes' time. Uh, what else have we got here? NAFTA is going into round eight. No immediate steel or aluminum tariffs from Donald Trump. However, the Conference Board of Canada says if NAFTA goes, by the way, so I'd sold to 85,000 jobs in the first year, and by the end of the second year, it'd be 91,000 jobs, plus there's other economic fallout. If that happens, we spoke with Corinne Pullman of the CFIB uh, in the first hour of the program, and uh, there's a new RCMP commissioner, Brenda Lucky. So it's a lot to talk about, and with me are the beauties from, I'm just going from the top of the list to the bottom as it appears on my screen, Linda Leatherdale, former money editor of the Toronto Sun, vice president of Cambria Canada, independent business journalist. Ms. Leatherdale, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here at the National Home Show, Roy, (laughs) in downtown Toronto. Wonderful. What are you buying? Nothing. Oh, yeah, well, you know, but there are a record, record amount of people, so here we go. Nobody's protesting. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah, they're having a good time, and... Fixing up their homes. Okay. <laughs> Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Roy. And Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament, and as I love to point out, the former seatmate of the current Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Why didn't you become Prime Minister? <laughs> yeah. Please. I wouldn't take that job. No, but we'd want you to have it. Oh, no kidding. Thank you. It I would be done properly. That, 
be done properly. Okay, let's talk about the pipelines for a bit. And Alex Pearson is going to join us from the leadership um, announcement in uh, in Markham, Ontario. Let's talk about the pipe pipeline issue. I spoke with Vivian Krause, who's pointed out and done the research that it's American foundations who are uh, funding the uh, anti pipelines, uh, anti or anti pipeline, yeah, and anti natural resources development in Canada because they like the price of oil, Canadian oil, the way it is, don't want it changed. Um, Michelle, you're in the United States. You pay like three cents for a liter of gasoline while we're close to $32. Um, what, uh, what, what's your sense of, of the whole oil issue and uh, getting the pipelines built? The prime minister keeps saying that he's in favor of Trans Mountain, but I don't see him standing in front of the protesters and saying go home. No, exactly. And, you know, he's playing both sides against the middle, as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't want to take a stance. He says one thing, but, you know, you don't see anyone standing up and saying, look, this is going to go, and we need it to go. And uh, that that concerns me, yeah. especially, you know, when we're facing possible sanctions or getting into a trade war with the U.S. Can't do that. We can't survive a trade war with the United States. We're a small economic reality. But let's bring in uh, Catherine, who's the economist in the in the situation. We're losing billions and hundreds of billions of dollars over a period of time by not uh, exploiting, or I shouldn't use that word, by not taking our natural resources to market where it's wanted, needed, and, and they'll be using oil and gas in those other countries, uh, in the Pacific Rim particularly, whether it's ours or not. Uh, what's, the, what's the folly of not, not doing what we, what we have available to us? Oh, it's a, it's a mega-billion-dollar folly. It, it's cutting our nose off despite our faces. I, I don't think there's really any doubt about it. I'm, I'm so glad you've had Vivian Krauss on numerous times because these protests should be outed for what they are, fake in the extreme. We have them being paid. These are these aren't people that, that they're being paid. They're paid protesters by big U.S. interests, as you mentioned, Roy. That they're happy when Canadian oil is landlocked because they can make out like bandits south of the border and deprive us of jobs and prosperity that that we should be having. But the thing is, the thing that really gets me, and Vivian Krauss has pointed this one out as well, our public sector unions, QP is a major protester here. These are people that you and I are paying with our tax dollars to go and protest against the better interests of Canada. Why is this even legal? It certainly isn't ethical or morally acceptable. Why is it legal? It's ridiculous to me. The only the only national politician, he is no longer, but the only nationally recognizable polit- political figure that I recall in recent times, with a real significant protest, uh, rather, uh, what's that word I'm like, a profile, was Brad Wall, the premier of Saskatchewan, who never backed up, who never apologized, who was right there promoting uh, the oil sands and responsible um, uh, use of, the, of our natural resources in the face of a lot of the blahooey that comes out of other politicians' mouths. Let me go down to the next issue because we're going to get um, Alex up in a couple of minutes. Uh, Linda, to you, no immediate tariffs from Donald Trump. 
yeah. on aluminum or steel, but NAFTA is a significant uh, burr in his saddle. They're going to the eighth round of uh, negotiations, and the Conference Board of Canada says if NAFTA goes, so in the first year to 85,000 jobs. You know what? That, this, this is the worst-case scenario. I mean, let's go back to these protests. We, we're, what are we doing in Canada? We're cutting off our economic resources. We're not giving them to market. And then we have the, our biggest trading partner, the United States of America, threatening tariffs, particularly on steel, etc. Come on, guys. This is 2018. And for Canada, we need this free trade. We need to have negotiations that are fair. And right now, I just think there's a lot of bullying going on. But for the sake of our economy, we need this. We need this. All right. Uh, Michelle, NAFTA, what do you say? What, what's gonna, what is going to happen? What's happening inside the Liberal Party now, do you think, and the other political parties? Are they really keenly interested in protecting and preserving NAFTA, or are they keenly interested in protecting and pre- preserving their image? No, I think they're keenly interested in retaining NAFTA, but I think they're becoming a little smug uh, in terms of the president's influence on the NAFTA negotiations. And that's my take, is that they're smug. They did go out and talk to governors, and they they... rallied support in the states to their credit but uh, seriously um i don't think they're taking the threat seriously enough Catherine, we have 30 seconds from you on this issue of nafta but i don't think it's a good idea for for gloating at any time even when the signatures are on the paper no i agree and i'd also our best allies are a ton of people within the republican party in the u.s who know that nafta is good for the u.s and that is that is the people that are being leveraged and should be because trump is a loose cannon as we know and a total unpredictable uh, you know player but there's lots of people within the republican party themselves that know darn well this is also good for the u.s of a and will support us and we need to be working them as much as we can all right let me take a break when we come back alex pearson joins us from the Chorus Ontario Radio Network, her program is on point. It's her evenings. She's at the convention for the leadership or the new leader, naming of the leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party. Boy, that's been a huge national story with all of the sidebar issues that have been going along. And uh, Alex also joined the PC Party of Ontario just to experience the situation or the reality of being able to participate in the selection of the new leader. What happened was... She never did get the opportunity to vote. We'll come right back. You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is the Roy Green Show. Back with Linda Letterdale, Catherine Swift, Michelle Simpson. And joining us is Alex Pearson, the host of On Point on the Ontario Chorus Radio Network evenings, Monday to Friday. She's at the Conservative uh, Ontario Progressive Conservative Party convention in Markham, where, Alex, we're hearing all sorts of things coming out of that building. What are you hearing? I'm standing near Mike Harris, which makes me very pleased, but he tells me he's not coming back. 
which is unfortunate. But, but yeah, it's buzzing here. Not only is the wedding moving in in about half an hour, so there is that buzz, but we're also hearing buzz that Miss Elliot may have, in fact, left. And I haven't been able to confirm that um, with resources, but I do have two sources on that. But there is much talk that the um, Elliot camp has asked for a recount because it's extremely, extremely close. So it's the Elliot, you're hearing rumors that it's the Elliot camp that's asked for the recount? Yes, yes. Which, which, and in fact, two sources have told me that uh, one of the leaders has left, uh, leadership hopeful has left, and I know for a fact that Doug Ford is still here. So there has been talk that maybe the Elliot side has left. But I, again, I've only heard that from two sources, so that could change. But if that's the case, then it would mean that Doug Ford would have won. More than likely. Possibly. I mean, look, it looks like they're doing a recount on this thing. And if there's 62,000 ballots and the word is uh, there's up to 1,300 apart, then they would have to recount all of that. Yeah. Boy, what an afternoon, huh? What an afternoon. Hey, look, people are complaining, oh, don't leadership, uh, you know, why is this not being wrapped up with a neat little bow? Because that's not what happens at leadership conventions ever. I mean, I'll take you back to Dalton McGinty when he won. I think that thing went on for 20 hours. We didn't get results until 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. So these things aren't automatic. And as we're seeing now, when you get one camp that thinks that it won, and of course the Elliott side would have gone in with you know, being the heavier favorite, and then you've got it this close, of course the other side would push back. So the question but is... See, yeah. yeah. So the question is, where are the, where are the Chinese weddings going to take place? <laughs> well, i got to be honest. There's a very good bar here. They would have a lot of fun, because <laughs> while people make fun of the pizza side, they do like to drink. So um, there's uh, no shortage of alcohol here. Um, right. But, yeah, uh, we'll see. But it is very tense, and it's interesting to watch the different camps. So if you look at the caucus members, many of them, uh, they don't look too happy. And if you actually start looking around at uh, the board camp, they look like they've got a bit of a pep in their step, but yet the other side of them are very much more serious. All right. Alex, we were having the same problem we had at the beginning of the show. We can hear you, but not really hear you well. So we'll thank you for the well, report, the, yeah. and uh, and we'll carry on, okay? Yeah, the plant I was hiding behind has now been taken over by a thousand people. So can't hide okay. It, huh? Thanks, Alex. Cheers, Alex Pearson, who is at the, uh, at the convention. So if, if Christine Elliott, let's go to the politician, um, to Michelle Simpson, if Christine Elliott's asking for a recount, would it be logical to assume that would be because Doug Ford would have won the uh, the initial count? Uh, not necessarily. It could be the integrity of the actual count. And obviously they're having what was described as technical difficulties. So it's their, their sense of um, confidence in their own system to count. That's my read. Well, we know their system, uh, Catherine, we know their system had, uh, had was like Swiss cheese because only 64,000 people of those who had the opportunity to vote got the, got the chance. Now, that's a big number compared to what they got in previous uh, leadership votes, but still, there were so many people who were angry and frustrated that they never had the chance to continue with the voting process. Alex didn't have the chance to do that. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I found it easy peasy. Just for the record, I, I'm a member. I, I'm, I'm allowed to be partisan in my post-CFIB life. And uh, I found it no problem at all. So I don't understand 
what the problems were. I wonder, to be honest, if they had a deluge of late voters, which is not unusual in anything like this, and therefore they, you know, they sort of overwhelmed their systems because I voted early. I went in, did all the right, you know, to upload a piece of ID. You know, there was a process, and it wasn't hard at all. So um, I don't know what happened, but I just know from my well, experience. Well, it's a big number. It was it's a, it's simple, a big simple. Yeah, now, there have been people who said it was simple for them, and other people who said that they. I talked to somebody who tried to get in early, tried to get it done, never got the pin number. So there's, oh, the, clearly, there's a, there's there's a problem here, and uh, they're going to have to get past it, and eventually. Inevitably, whoever leads the party, they're going to have to get behind this person. But I wonder how many people in the grassroots who are angry to begin with, frustrated to begin with, unsure to begin with, would then find themselves saying, I never got to vote and I don't believe in this. I wonder if the unrest would spread inward from the grassroots. Yeah, it's a big issue. There's no question. They had to do something in in a period of several weeks that normally a political party would do over six months to a year. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't easy. There were problems for sure. And I guess time will tell. We don't yeah. know. But Linda? the one thing about that, that whole recount thing, whether it, you know, the, there's all these rumors that go around at a leadership convention. So, I mean, I guess, the, the, you know, whatever the real truth is will come out later. But that recount thing tells me it was super close. Whatever happened, yeah. it was super close. So Catherine Swift is a member, which means she'll be running next time. Uh, <laughs> But I got to say, it's an issue because I yesterday I was at a bill's luncheon and a gentleman was the one that hired the lawyer to try to get an extension. And he's been a longtime member and could not vote. And he was very frustrated. Mm. Michelle, who did you vote for? Well, I, I, I don't get to vote. I know. I'm I just I'm just I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm Christine <laughs> Elliott will take it. Uh, and if if she th- this is this is like you're wishing that she takes it, the uh, which I understand. Um, if Doug Ford does take it, does it change anything? I I mean Kathleen Kathleen wins going unless they unless somebody really and those two parties really blunder incredibly. Kathleen Wynne is toast. No, we can hope. No, we can I, hope. I, She's I, been a terrible premier. Let's it? face it. And, and economically, this province right. is in such bad trouble. Yeah. Um, it's it's a worry. But yeah, I mean, they they haven't done themselves any favors. Uh, I have to say, they, they you know they haven't done this well with the leadership or the previous you know mm-hmm. the previous administration. Okay, I gotta go, beauties. But well, you know how it is. We can talk about this next week. I'm sure we will. <laughs> have <laughs> a great. We'll know the answer. <laughs> have a great rest of the weekend. You too. You too, Roy. Michelle Simpson, Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, they're the beauties. I'm the beast. We're back after this.